Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Football is here, Andy. It's here. I'm sitting here. We're recording a podcast. I'm watching college football. It feels so good this first Thursday of the college football season. Week one is here. Uh, We're obviously an NFL podcast, and we're going to give you a heavy dose of preparing yourself for the NFL season today on the deep dive. This is the kind of the culmination of all of our off-season prep. We're going to talk about all kinds of fascinating topics, whatever, you know, lots of lots of angles. How are you doing this afternoon? The penultimate episode before the season. Just don't get to use that word much. So this is the last one that's not a regularly scheduled episode. Then we're going to go into our normal Wednesdays of previewing the week and Mondays of recapping slash looking at the early numbers. So this is kind of our last, you know, just random all off season. They've just kind of been random. Like, Hey, this is, not yeah. contest. let's have one. Hey, it's a, it's tennis. Let's do one from now on. It's going to be pretty standard. You're going to see it in your, cause you should subscribe. And if you don't, that's yeah. on you. And that's, that's, that's on a, you. probably a bad idea because it's just, you're making, <laughs> you're making yourself more work. I'm just trying to save you time. You got to get the kids to school. You got to, you got to, maybe you got like a secret family in a different city. There's a lot of stuff going on in your life. <laughs> secret you should family. subscribe. Andy, you're giving, you stop, man. That, I know you're talking about me. That's I'm on the podcast. I, I know you're talking about me. I'm on the yeah, podcast. I know, sorry. Yeah. I know uh, your wife doesn't listen though. So <laughs> either way, subscribe. That way you can find, but you will see us. It'll be Wednesdays. We're going to record. It'll be out late Wednesday nights. If, Whale is good at editing, and then we should have stuff out real early on Monday. <laughs> real early on Mondays, breaking down kind of our instant reaction slash looking at the next week right away because that's what I like to do is just start looking at things as soon as possible. So this one is going to be kind of a, a little bit of everything, I guess. We're going to talk about – I don't remember what you said. I didn't really prep for this one. So. Well, this what is – right, First of all, I'm going to crack it out. I'm gonna crack a beer for football season. This is the uh, the, the the preseason, off season wrap wrap up party. Aren't you driving? Um, no, no, no. <laughs> okay. Well. Okay. Yeah. Preseason, off season, preseason wrap up party here. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know, uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna hit all over the spectrum today. Kind of, you know, we we covered so much NFL content over eight hours, kind of deep diving into each division one at a time. We felt like it was important because, you know, we were some somewhat soft on the positions we were taking for a good reason. Cause it was like, you know, week one of the preseason, but like, uh, you know, we're, we're going to come into sharper focus, talk about some of the positions we have pending, talk about some of the, um, you know, kind of just the summary, you know, so, you know, summary wrap up of all of, you know, where we stand uh, as the preseason winds down. Uh, I'm going to start off with a wild card question for you, Andy, when we didn't necessarily prep for, for uh who won the preseason in your mind was there one team was there one person uh, was there a handful of yeah, people what, what do you think besides andy uh, uh who, 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 what who fat in the coach from cleveland he was something i liked him <laughs> basically anybody at hard knocks not named hugh because he's he's just a, oh he's not, not named he's not hugh. an nfl coach. hughes He's yeah. not even at the bottom of the Hard Knocks power rankings. Greg Williams, absolutely the worst. He is the worst. Get that guy out of the oh, league no. now. 
Oh my lord! But Hugh, Hugh, same story. Hugh and Greg Williams. Smell you later. Get the hell out of here. Uh, but who who won the preseason? You know, which which teams are you higher on today than you were when we got going? You think any stick out, or are you sticking with your kind of your off season gut feel for how these things, or are you just kind of going into this still with a little bit of an open mind about how these teams are going to shape up? Very open mind. It's the preseason whale. Chill out, dude. You can't take too much away. Uh, I think the Jets, man. It looks like they got – I'm not saying Darnold is going to throw for 35 touchdowns, but he seems competent at his young age. They were also able to turn Teddy Two Gloves into some into some more uh, assets. Like that. They've, they've made some nice moves for being such a shitty team, you know, over the past few years. Like, good job. On that, they they do need a few more pieces, but I like I like where the Jets are long term. If I could buy some, something, a, a buy and hold, it would be the Jets. Like good Ooh, for them. I like that. I, like uh, that. I mean, it's tough to say who. Just, the preseason gets weirder and weirder every year, and maybe it's like how we talk about you know how Doug Peterson kind of changed things, and it wasn't him. Granted, pe- teams were using analytics, but it really got a lot of play this year with the Eagles doing well and Doug Doug Peterson talking about how he did analytics. I think coaches are starting to look at the preseason late differently. The preseason. I completely agree. I agree. It's gotten very, used to be really, really set in stone. Here's what you did game one. Here's what you did game two. Game three is a dress rehearsal. And then game four is just a weed out who makes the squad. And different coaches are doing things completely different. It's not just cut and dried anymore. And it makes it harder to kind of evaluate what's going on. But at the same time, like I've said before, you can really evaluate depth. You can really tell. If a team's twos on defense look really, really bad against a second or third string offense, that's going to be a problem come season time because you don't have depth at that point. And, Love that point. And, you know, there's maybe maybe you'll find a diamond in the rough or two in the preseason, but – like were people talking about Alvin Kamara before the season? I mean, there's no, just so no, many no, of those no, guys. No, that, no. you know, they, you know, they don't they don't get enough reps. It's not a real game speed for some of. I mean, it's game speed, but it's not true game. It's really hard to find like these guys. I mean, maybe talk to a fantasy guy. Maybe they saw something, but I wait more to make some judgments till after the first game. I've got some preconceived notions from all the research. Like I'll make I'll make most of my week one plays are mostly opinion plays or it's tough to make anything situationally, but I don't use the preseason a lot in my uh week one handicapping. Yeah. You know, unless, yeah. unless somebody you know, unless somebody shredded a couple knees like San Diego, which is damn it. Yeah. LA. No way. Los Angeles Chargers. They're in Los Angeles. But you know that's that's the main thing. Like, did the team stay healthy? Did they make it through the preseason relatively unscathed? Did they do the the rookies look all right? Do the new are the people who they brought in in free agency or trades are they looking like they're gelling with the team? Does your starting quarterback look competent? You know, and maybe if you had someone coming off an injury like Rogers, um, Houston. I'm trying to think. Is Watson? Deshaun Watson. Alan, yep. Wentz Alan even. Robinson, yeah. Wentz, well, Wentz is a different story. Who knows of that? Um, 
a lot of the preseason I use for fun prop bets and just determining like I've made a few of those, like who starts week one bets. Those are fun. Because okay. I found that well, my bookie finally good for something. Well, you you I feel like you did a good amount of bankroll building, uh, which I'm proud of you for. Uh congratulations. Uh you've set yourself up in a nice little situation. You can either lock that stuff away in some uh in some uh futures or props uh for the season long betting uh but uh yeah man let's let's uh let's kind of talk a little bit about the state of the nfl and how how we head into this regular season so you brought up some really good points there uh the first one i want to hit on is coaching um as cliche as it is this is a copycat league so philadelphia puts on a master class of decision making drive construction you name it and you know, people suss out advantages, and we would expect that some coaches, some teams are going to adopt similar styles, similar approaches this year. And I don't know, it feels to me like on what, like we're going to live in a world where there's kind of a haves and a have-nots. Like if you're a team that is at the cutting edge of this and you're adopting some of these ideas, like you're going to score more points, you're going to win more games. If you're a team that's living in like the old way of thinking about the NFL, you're going to struggle. Do you think there's, can you de- delineate some coaching staffs right out of the gate who you would expect to be kind of adopting the the Doug Peterson uh, and uh, Philadelphia Eagles kind of best practice decision-making approach? Yeah. And it does take a little digging, like, and maybe I haven't read enough because I'm sure, but you almost, some of the articles I've seen about this, I mean, they're written by the local, you know, the local sports guy. You got to go find some of this. It's not, there hasn't been a real good article about, you know, a team by team. I did read one about Minnesota. I've read it. I can't remember who else it was. There's a couple teams. And granted, I read more about Minnesota because I hurt my Vikings. But <laughs> then you read the opposite where the where they ask, I love, this is still my favorite quote. And I wish I had it in front of me, the, the Gruden quote about, yeah, we do analytics. We have a DJ in practice or whatever he said. (laughs) And I'm still, I don't have a lot of like Raiders exposure one way or the other, because like I've been accepted to think like that maybe he's playing possum now, like too many, too many people I respect or share podcasts with have thought that he, um, he, he's like playing possum and like screwing with us all. And he's actually like way ahead of like five steps ahead of us, which I don't know. The whole clear Khalil Mack thing makes me wonder about that. But there are, there are coaches that you just feel like um, in general, they don't, they don't do that. They never will like Tomlin, like Tomlin and. uh, Well, actually we saw Tomlin go for two out of the blue. Like he, this may be in the back of his head. If he feels a little bit of heat, if he feels a little bit of pressure this year, maybe he does make a pivot. That's that's so, I feel like that's, they do go for two a lot. Like they decided to do that, but I think that's just going for two. Isn't the same. Like that's kind of like 100% agreed. It's like almost like pseudo analytics, you know, like he's like, we're going to go for two more. And that's, and that's analytics. Like, no, like (laughs) it's one thing, but you also, you also like, you also have like a shitty two point conversion play. Like nothing is going, nothing is going right about that. We're going to do jet sweeps on fourth and one. Uh, That's why Mike, it's not how Mike Tomlin sounds. I like your Mike Tomlin impression a a lot. No, no, I think I I like your Mike Tomlin impression a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just think he's a, he's a, 
part of my, you know, handicapping is we, we got an email about how coaching affects handicapping and it's it, we did something we not, we had not touched on, on much, but it definitely comes into it. Like you got to think about that in, especially live betting, uh, second half betting. If, if you, if the coach just doesn't seem like he gets it. And sometimes you can just see that during the game, like, uh, you know, coach X versus coach Y and, one brought the game plan that day and the other one is not adjusting for it. And things are going to go from bad to worse. Like sometimes I think that's more of where I'll use a coaching handicapping, like to the coach or the, one of the, one of the coordinators, like they're not, they're not prepped for this. They have no idea what hit them. Um, just, I mean, if you want to go ultimate, uh, super extreme example, the day the wildcat came out and that's, that's such a wild example because that's not something that's going to happen week to week, but like you can just see, like, they don't know, they don't know what to do against this. Like they're going to lose by a hundred every time they run this wildcat. It's, yeah. I'm like, it's going to, gonna, it's going to work dick. every time. Like, you I guess you can kicked in the dick so hard in that there. game. Yeah. I yeah. imagine you did. Yeah. It was, I was in Vegas at the time. It was a Sunday and I had been partying way too hard all weekend. And, uh, I put uh, I like my entire stack. I was like, no way the Patriots are losing to the Dolphins. Uh, and I just cried <laughs> into my beer. What, for- what are the odds that come up with some innovative new offense nobody's ever heard of today? <laughs> like, that doesn't just happen. Yeah, I'm funny. like, oh, you're man, telling me. No, I mean, yeah. that's an extreme. That's a super extreme example. But, you know, just like a, a team shows a look they haven't been showing. They're coming out of a, a different formation more often. They're checking out of it you know repeatedly and your defense just isn't equipped for you know what what they're bringing that day and some coaches i mean you just got to get to know them or get a feel for it. some coaches are way better at halftime adjustments too fair so, enough i mean uh, it's, it's definitely definitely worth looking at okay well here's here's some expectations that i have um i'm gonna real i'm gonna re, i'm gonna um go down a list and kind of um clear i'm gonna classify a handful of teams that I think are likely to adopt some of this thinking and some of this approach. And I'm going to classify a handful of teams that I'm hopeful will. Uh, and then a handful that I think are hopelessly lost. Uh, and you disagree. If you disagree with any of these, like by all means, like, um, you know, I'm curious to your thoughts on this because we haven't really talked about this, but uh, you know, teams who I think will adopt a Philly style approach, easy, obvious choice, Minnesota. They brought in DeFilippo. Yeah. Uh, he was the quarterback's coach there last year. He saw it firsthand. Anyone that had firsthand experience either, um, you know, as part of the construction of that decision-making or lost because of that decision-making, I would expect, you know, has kind of learned a valuable lesson from that. Minnesota, top of that list. Uh, the Rams. Uh, Sean McVay, extremely I think uh, they aggressive. Kind of started, yeah. They already kind of started doing it. They're going to continue to kind of try to progress. Um, and I would expect to see, you know, pretty uh, advanced kind of decision-making from the Rams. Uh, San Francisco, not only is Kyle Shanahan, one of the guys that I admire the most among coaches uh, in this league, but he learned, a, you know, a bunch of uh, valuable lessons the hard way as the offensive coordinator for Atlanta when they lost the Super Bowl. Uh, and other times, you know, he had a, he had a whole handful of uh, hard lessons learned as the coordinator in Atlanta. Uh, and I would expect with the quarterback that's as competent as Jimmy G that we see a very, very sophisticated offensive approach from San Francisco this year. And I cannot wait to see it. 
Um, I'm going to throw the Saints in here. Uh, I have a ton of respect for Sean Payton's offensive mind. Uh, I thought bringing in Teddy Bridgewater, what a masterful stroke that was. Get a guy in who's shown he can absolutely be a quarterback in this league to be the heir apparent to Drew Brees. That was brilliant. Uh, and um, yeah, he just bought himself 10 more years of coaching. <laughs> if you want. That, was, that was so good. Uh, I'm going to throw Matt Nagy in the Chicago Bears in here. Uh, I like that oh, yeah, when Nagy... some, of, some of his comments, I cannot agree more with that. I've agreed with yeah. everything you've said, but Every, yeah, um, so like, it, it, that's it. That's pretty much that it. That's pretty much it in the NFC. Like those are the coaches that I think I'll, I feel like those are the, co- I mean, and Rams aside, I know I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet against the Rams a lot this year just because like I'm expecting there's going to be a ton of value on those lines uh, and they have a ton of tough situations, but like, I kind of feel like I'm going to be backing those kind of teams quite a lot in the NFC this season. Uh, you flip the script in the AFC, the Patriots, I'm expecting to see some pretty spectacular offense as always, but especially because of what happened in the Super Bowl. Um, boy, it gets rough then. Uh, I don't have a whole hell of a lot of faith. I mean, I'm searching here. I'm searching. I'm searching. I'm searching. I'm going to put maybe, maybe. uh, (laughs) Well, you know, wait, we're going to get to the bottom in a second, but the maybe is good. Maybe the Jags. Uh, I know they kind of focus on a run first approach, but Nathaniel Hackett is a smart offensive mind. Um, You know, that it's possible that uh, Indy picked up uh, Weish, right? He was the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia. Um, I'm going to put them as a maybe. Um, Kansas City still has Andy Reid. I'll keep them as a, a likely to adopt some some smart stuff in the early part of the season and some disastrous stuff when it matters most. Um, and then uh, that's about it, man. Those are kind of the teams that I have circled where they have like especially outstanding staffs. I'll put the Tennessee as a maybe. Uh, they brought in LaFleur, who is an underling of uh, Sean McVay as their offensive coordinator. I could see him do something special, but he could take him a little bit of time. Uh, Bill O'Brien is a maybe for me. Uh, I love the way that he adapted uh, his offensive scheme to highlight Deshaun Watson's strengths and get, you know, those several weeks of just superlative performance out of him. We were pretty, pretty impressive. Um, and then, uh, and then there's the other side of the coin, the teams that look, utterly hopelessly lost in their decision making how they're going to run their offense how they highlight their players strengths i'm going to start in the most obvious seattle seahawks brian schottenheimer really you're going to bring him in to coordinate your offense when you have uh you know you have uh, you know such a dynamic uh weapon as uh, as russell wilson and an offensive line that can barely protect him uh, that one looks like trouble from the get go. Uh, I'm cold. I'm selling. I have no interest in any part of Carolina. You bring in North Turner, really North Turner. Uh, that was a disastrous decision to combine North Turner with, uh, an offensive line that can't block and having him run seven step dropbacks with a guy like Cam Newton, who you want doing the cutting edge stuff, not the freaking, you know, not running a 1990s Dallas Cowboys offense. Uh, and, uh, I'm still cold on Mike McCarthy. I really hope that, uh, being reunited with Joe Philbin, that they don't try to just play the old hits, but they do something more exciting and interesting and innovative. Um, but I'm not that hopeful. Uh, I'm kind of cold still on Atlanta. Steve Sarkeesian has to prove it at this point. He was a nightmare. Got to see it. 
Um, what's your feeling on the Giants and Pat Shermer? I like him. Maybe he didn't get a fair shake or wasn't in a great situation first time around. I'd love to see him succeed as a head coach. Um, but we'll see. Are you ex- if Gettleman, you know, if Gettleman rears his head and you know makes it clear this is what I want, which that's not how you should run things as a you know a GM, but uh, I think that could be a problem. I do like um, I do like Shermer. I like they have they have good pieces. They have good receivers. They got a a good young running back. Offensive line is iffy. Quarterbacks iffy, but they, they, I think he he knows he has to go like, he's a smart guy. And I like some of the things he did in Minnesota with probably a less than competent quarterback. Dude. Um, I feel like they were so close. Sometimes you feel, sometimes, yeah. And sometimes you feel like maybe you don't have to love the coach. Like I like Todd Haley. <laughs> I like Todd Haley a lot. <laughs> but man, what a situation. Like you can't succeed in that situation. No, no, no. Unless you're succeeding as you're hoping to take over from Hugh Jackson when he gets fired after starting 0-8. Um, let's in that case, it's literally secession, not succeeding. Uh, but the uh yeah. but the Gi- the Giants were so close, man. If they had gotten a guy like Teddy Bridgewater and cut the cord with Eli Manning, yeah. I feel like we would be talking about a team with a ceiling that was so much higher. If they had invested their draft capital in if they had traded down. Uh, gotten future picks, taking a guy like Quentin Nelson, taking a guy like Mike McGlinchey. You know, if they invested in young physical offensive linemen to protect a guy like Bridgewater at the same time that they sign a guy like uh, like OD, you know, OBJ for, you know, per, great contract. But, you know, I, I, I just I, they're so close. I just don't think it's going to work out. And I feel bad for Pat Schirmer because I like him. Uh, Dallas. I'm cold on Dallas. I get these, you know, get this guy out of here, clean house, start over. He doesn't highlight Dak's strengths whatsoever. They're going to lean heavily on Zeke Elliott. God knows if that'll last a full season. Um, flipping over to the AFC teams we're cold on. I'm cold on Buffalo's offense. This is a nightmare, guys. This is going to be. You know what else uh, is going to be a problem in Buffalo besides their offense? Sure. Their defense. <laughs> <laughs> Both sides yes. of the ball. Um, coaching and then also probably special teams and just like any sort of execution. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like what I've seen and I, I just said, don't overreact to the preseason, but I don't know how to react to Buffalo's preseason. I've seen some people trying to, you know, take some silver linings away, but man, I guess like, Josh Allen can throw really hard. That's <laughs> that's what I got. And, and Shady's not in jail yet. So, yeah, Buffalo's an issue. Yeah, Buffalo. I'm well, neutral on Miami. I'm neutral on the Jets, I guess. Um, kind of neutral on Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore is a weird – it's going to be a wild one. I, I have no idea really how that's going to shake, shake, shape up. Uh, Cincinnati's interesting. Um, my – I'm – I'm I'm split on them in that I'm excited to see what they can do early in the season. I'm excited to see how uh, they, um, you know, script offenses for Andy Dalton to succeed uh, against a relatively soft schedule. But then I would expect that the league catch up catches up to them at some point. I'll, I'll, I, I I could see this. I could see the Bengals having a season like the Chiefs had last year in terms of highs and lows, kind of. Um, and make the playoffs and burn out and, you know, the wild card round or whatever. 
but uh, the Bengals intrigued me from a from a team betting standpoint. But uh, you know, the, but the, you know, I, I they were due for a head coaching change. I guess it'll be interesting to see if that. Oh, you know, if, if that ends up being the trump card there, Cleveland, same story. They needed a coaching change so badly. This team has so many talented players. You get the right coaches on this uh, with this roster. You would be talking about a relatively you would talk about a team that should be thinking we can challenge for the week AFC. Um, it's wild, man. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, like if you watched if you watch the preseason, like as a GM. I would I would watch the preseason and be like, I need to fire Hugh. Like you, people don't do this, but I need to fire Hugh Jackson. And even if they just made Haley the coach, anybody they could make Greg Williams the coach would be an upgrade. And he's awful. He's an awful person. <laughs> I've made my opinion. And it, like, he, he's not a coach. <laughs> he, he's not. He's not a coach. It doesn't look like he has control over anything. And granted, you know, it's the cameras, but sometimes TV makes things weird. But, I mean, the, the results also kind of speak to maybe a guy who doesn't have control over anything. Like, I'm not saying that they should maybe, you know, frame him for a crime. So then they can just kind of not have to worry about doing that. But, you know, maybe they find a dead hooker in his, in his trunk or something and he goes Wouldn't to jail and then he can't be the coach. Yeah, that would yeah. that would be awful inconvenient for them. But yeah, they we'll have to make like a call just, on that. He, that guy does not, that guy does not have control of any situation. Um, yeah, that's, that's a bad funny. one. Like he, okay, and it sucks. Like, because what what if what if you know Tarad Tarad does well and uh, they win like eight games? They can't fire him. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, I mean, they can. I and I've heard people try to say, like, "Oh no, I understand. I, I get it. You give give them a year with this team." No, like this. This is not not st- not jettisoning your own sixteen coach is like an organizational decision that haunts you for you know several years. I this was just a terrible call by them, and uh, I feel bad for Baker Mayfield. Uh, I don't like the you know how this could potentially play out where he's got you know, multiple coordinators over his first couple of years in the league because development is so important, um, which leads me to kind of let's change topics a little bit or not totally change topics, but pivot to coaching and handicapping. Uh, my thoughts on this, and we got a great question from uh, a listener of the pod emailed us. And by all means, if you have questions or if you want us to talk about certain angles or certain games, you know, it's, it's like, it's ridiculous how easy it is to reach us. And we are always interested in engaging you guys and talking about what you, you want could, to hear you about. You could write a tweet to us. You could DM us. You could email either of us. You I don't, could, yeah, it's, if yeah, you're asking, you if you're asking us for. On iTunes with the words in it, you could. Oh man, you could go on our website and I'm sure there's something there. Literally hundreds of ways. That's literally was the wrong word there. Yeah. But uh yeah, yeah you can get a hold of us. Yeah, and uh we got an awesome email. I'll shout out Brad Freeze. Uh he uh had some great questions for us. And specifically, like we talk about coaching a lot. How do you, you know, how how do you go about uh accounting for it? Right. And for me, it's there's, you know, you're talking about one of a couple of ways of doing it. Uh, 
does the coaching matchup lend itself to an extreme mismatch? And if it is a short week, especially Thursday night football, if it is a short week, then there is a coaching mismatch, then you pounce on it because the not just not just like knowledge and approach, but a lot experience matters, especially for the short week. Um, and if you see something lopsided, like a great one is week five, the Patriots are playing uh, the Colts. Uh, let's say the Colts are off to a decentish start this season, which I don't necessarily think is likely, but let's just pretend. Let's say the Patriots get off to a pretty mediocre start this season, which I think is likely. Likely, the uh, that game is going to feature Bill Belichick against a guy who has never been a head coach on Thursday Night Football before. You're going to have Belichick, who's going to have had a head start at his game plan for the Colts, and you know will have be you know be able to insert the uh, elements into the scheme that they've designed specifically to attack those guys. Uh, and you know, they'll be two steps ahead before the first whistle. So it's, you know, the, the mismatch is one thing you can look out for in terms of a handicapping factor. Um, you know, how you actually account for it. I mean, it can be as simple as like, okay, well, we have a good coach versus a bad coach. We can expect the good coach's team to overperform and the bad coach's team to underperform. Like that's a fine way to do it. And that way, like, you know, you could take a baseline of Vegas power, you know, you could take power numbers or something like that and just adjust them by a couple points up and down. And there's your edge right there. Um, similarly, like if you're trying to handicap totals, I think coaching is a very useful tool to incorporate. Um, if you have a guy who's not running innovative offense, he's like, I'm goddamn guaranteed. I'm going to, if I get 53 carries in this game, then we're going to win. Uh, and, or 50 combination of, 53 is magic number between carries and completed passes. We hit that. We win this game. Uh, bet the under. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, anyone that's going to force the run, it's going to shorten the game for you. Take advantage of that in a way that uh, you can when you see, uh, you know, a total in the 47 range with a guy who's, you know, dedicated to the running game. Like, by all means, like uh, track down an, an under angle on that. Uh, and the other way around as well. If you have, you know, you have a guy that's like, running the world's most innovative offense, uh, track down an angle on the over. So those are kind of the handful of ways I would say we, you know, we go about incorporating, you know, coaching angles into a handicap. Can you think of any other, Andy? No, I think I kind of touched on, I, I'd like to use it more in an in-game situation when you can just, it just seems like you can tell when one team doesn't, doesn't have the right game plan or That's just great did point. not bring the right game plan, did not, did not sometimes you're just guessing what the other team's gonna do based on tape. And if you guess wrong and it's just not gonna be your day. If you didn't mm-hmm. prep all week for the right stuff, you're dicked. Like I, I see that happen. And sometimes that's where you don't want to you don't want to overreact immediately, but live betting, you know, second quarter, a halftime bet. Sometimes that's uh we're all use something like that. And then I like just it. I mean, the Thursday night football rookie coach on a Thursday night thing. That's that's a thing. I mean, that's that's definitely an angle. <laughs> it's not our imagination. And maybe not. Right? Just, you know, you don't want to just blindly bet those, but make sure to be watching for that. Rookie coaches do bad on Thursday night. You need to you need to take that into accounting in your handicap, and then you know, go back. Uh, I don't know if it's your pin tweet anymore, but it should be. Go to Wales Twitter page, and he has some charts. And make that your pin tweet when. The- released this so i don't sound stupid but there's a couple of calendar i mean they're, they're schedule matrices that show all of the different 
situational handicapping spots, color coded. If you're colorblind, hit us up. We'll help you out with it. Like Suma, Suma can't do reds and greens. We didn't know that when we showed him the first ah, one. Ah, that was a bummer. I know. I'm yeah, gonna have to just send him a, a, an analog one. That's better. Um, okay. Well, uh, wavy lines and stuff. Yeah. Right, find that's... those. Find those charts on Will's Twitter. Download them to your hard drive. Those are <laughs> those are so good. And it's not just that's not the only thing you need to go on by, but definitely needs to be something you take in account when you handicap. In case you're missing some, you know, situational angle that you're that maybe just get passed over on, it's 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 definitely a good starting point. The other tip is you can just listen to the deep dive every week because <laughs> we're sure shit going to talk about it. Yeah, um, <laughs> we are very much going to talk about this week in week out. Uh, it's actually the it, you know a lot of oh, our yeah, content is literally going to be breaking down. Else. We're going to be breaking down. Uh, letdown spots, you know, the sandwich spots, all that stuff comes into play as we kind of talk through a handicap every week. Um, so the other alternative, you can just listen to the podcast. Uh, let's, uh, let's give a handful of tips out. Let's give a handful of tips out. And by tips, I don't mean like, uh, you know, bets that we think will win, uh, but rather, um, you know, stuff that you should, stuff you should keep in mind. Maybe minus the points. I love Navy minus the points. I I'm in a, a, I'm in a, everybody, uh, everybody I'm talking to too is like on that. Cause we, uh, we yeah. pointed up that board. I think I was talking to the mail about it on Saturday. No, it was me. It was me and you. We were, we were, you saw oh, it, yeah, pop, it, it and was, you told me and I was like, was, I'm, I wrote it, it in my 17. phone. <laughs> and I said, that's coming down. That's coming down to like 13 and we're going to bet it. And now it's at like 10. So yeah. Probably. Yeah. And then also other people I listen to and respect are on it too. So Navy, Navy. Said, um, whatever your whatever your bankroll is for NFL, take half of it, bet it on Navy. Yep. And then you'll have a bankroll and a half. Back the Don't listen to us on college football, please. <laughs> I am in a I'm in, I'm in this uh contest where I gotta pick and pick a uh uh it's like a survive a college football survivor. Uh, and sure. Navy's my pick. Navy's my pick this week. Um Good okay. Man. All right, let's uh, let's uh, other tips though, just to kind of like how you go about um, you know doing your handicapping. I'll go first, and you can think about what you want to say. Uh, I just kind of want to discuss my process a little bit, like how it goes for me, right? Like I um, I start on Sunday night slash Monday morning. Uh, I look at the lines. Uh, I give kind of a gut, you know, I just give myself a chance to kind of get a gut, uh, feel for, wow, that's surprising. That's good. Uh, I compare them to the look ahead lines to see how Vegas adjusted their power numbers, right? This is a no brainer, easy tip, right? Like if you have the Vegas power numbers in front of you and you want to know what adjustments they made to those numbers, you take their look ahead lines from before we saw the games, you take the lines that were actually offered and the difference on any team is obvious. Like they've made an adjustment here. They've made an adjustment there. You can tease that out in minutes just by looking at here's what we thought was coming. Here's what actually ended up opening. Uh, and so I kind of go through that process just to see how Vegas is expecting the market to adjust power numbers and things like that. Um, and then, um, we record a podcast and talk about it <laughs> and then, uh, uh, follow up with, uh, Kind of, I update my database on Tuesday, right? I take my Football Outsiders data that, that they publish on Tuesday and update all my databases. 
and then do a first run of what I would expect sides and totals to come up out and look at where there's perceived value. Um, I give it like an overnight to kind of think about it by Wednesday after thinking about the angles that I want to play and where there's an edge, I research a little bit of weather and injury place all my bets for the week. Uh, and then again, we record a podcast talking about it <laughs> and just all of this kind of process is super important to me in terms of identifying what I think are winning bets over the course of the week. I don't place hard. I put hardly place anything after about Thursday, just because the number has moved so much by there that it's just really, really difficult to capture any line value at that point. You're, so you're basically like, you're kind of flipping a coin a little bit. Um, but uh, in, you know, when it comes to injuries and weather and stuff like that, if it's that much of a question mark about some key player or some, uh, some, uh, weather situation, it's an easy cross off. There are what, tw 12 to 16 games a week, every week. Uh, and in some cases where you would have to wait until Sunday morning to find out if some key players playing just give it up. Uh, and, I think, uh, I think you and that's it. A good point there. And you didn't really bring it up, I guess, but it, it led me to something was I see too many people that it's not a black and white thing. You can bet numbers on Sunday night. You can bet during the Sunday night game on a game the following week. You can bet games in the summer. I know a guy that does probably eight to 10 games in the summer. He bets on uh, way ahead look ahead lines based on shit that's way off of his power numbers, and it always wins. But you can also wait. Like there's no there's no black and white. Like Whale said there, um, if it's a question of possible weather, or if it's a question of a very important player with possible injuries, or maybe several injuries of less important players, like then it's probably worth waiting. But if, if I'm very confident in something or I feel something's way off and I want to be on the right side of a key number, I'll bet stuff on Sunday and Monday. But there, there's also, I, I guess I don't bet much on Sunday. If I bet on Sunday, it's a live or a halftime bet, but you know, I'm, there's stuff that's worth waiting for. And like you said, with the cross off, sometimes it's just, if it's going to be a game time decision, uh, maybe the value is not going to be there even at game time. And, Maybe it is just one you're going to have to skip. You don't want to go in there blind without all the information you need. So I I think you just kind of got to pick, pick your spots as far as timing. You know, I've, I've seen people say that, like, just, you can't, you can't bet it too early, but you don't want to bet Sunday or you don't want to bet Sunday morning either. They're both, you can't both be right. <laughs> yeah. It's a, that's I mean, true. You know, the, the timing of the betting for the week is the spectrum. Okay. You got any other process thoughts that you want to share before we're gonna have a have a, a little interview with a with a fun new friend? Not real specific, but I like, and I brought this up off air. Like, just have a process. Come up with a process. Don't be willy nilly. Don't do it. You know, don't just wildly bet or like get fucked up on a Saturday night and put in a bunch of bets. <laughs> have a process, and if your process find it. It's like anything else. You don't get on a pair of ice skates and maybe that doesn't work with you. You live in California. I'm super you good on, on ice skates, man. You, you don't want to see just, me on ice skates. Oh, I'm you so up good. in Boston, yeah. But, so uh, good. You know, you don't get on a pair of rollerblades and just, you know, all of a sudden ripping and doing tricks. You got to you gotta learn. And, it, you know, if you're newer to handicapping or inexperienced or maybe you just were someone who's done it for a while but didn't have any you know, systems in place or any sort of process. That's what you need to do. And you need to keep refining it to get better. Like just have a system. Like whale said, have a process and work on it 
and you know review your process from the week before what's working what's not why did you win a game were you lucky or were you you know did you make oh, a good call great because also point. look at that too because you know oh i went five and all last week i'm not changing anything but maybe look like i got really damn lucky in three of those and i need to kind of refine what i'm doing with totals because those all should have gone over something oh, like that great point so yeah and we we didn't we don't have a whole episode with him but we did do a, a little interview with uh spread investor from twitter and i think you can find him at spread investor should we cut to that now yeah i don't think there's yeah it's just spread investor so yeah so all right let's yeah let's listen to that And to help us round out our off-season, preseason uh, preparation, uh, getting ready to handicap the season, we have a special guest, somebody who's doing awesome stuff in the space, who uh, just put out a fascinating betting guide that I got to be a part of, uh, and in doing so, got a free copy. Uh, but uh, welcome to the deep dive, none other than the Spread Investor. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, now you're a heavy duty football candy capper. Is that fair? Yeah. NFL, um, started out basically exclusively NFL before I branched out to NBA and college hoops. But this time of the year, it's just NFL and, and leaning on other handicappers for college at the moment. Sounds good. And you went and, uh, you kind of, you know, took it upon yourself, put, uh, put what I think is a super useful user-friendly guide together um and uh kind of talk us through how you went through well one how you decided to do this and some of your process and then uh maybe some of the the tips that you find most useful yeah what i see and you see it all the time at the beginning of the year is that the average better between february and august there's so much to keep track of between free agency the draft and keeping track of how the season ended last year and so many betters are blinded by what its team's record was the year prior, and they judge so much of their perception of that team off of a record in the smallest sample size that you could have in, in almost any major sport. Um, and I wanted to put together a guide in a way that I wrote it for myself to use as a handicap, uh, as a handicapping guide every week, but that other people could catch up to all the information in the offseason and start out with a bunch of stats, trends, and angles that they could use for the first couple months of the season without having to do all the studying by themselves. So I put this together. It's a little under 30 pages. And if you read it and you're by the fourth or fifth page, you should start circling about two or three different spots in the first couple of weeks that you could bet on and most likely profit on. Right on. Um, you know, you, you bring up a good point there about the, the small sample size, the – I don't even know if you want to call it recency bias of last year. It's, it's silly. Like some of the things you'll see people put together as far as like strength of schedule or power ratings based on teams records last year, like that, that's going to be garbage for the most part. If you want to go, you know, so schedule based off records, like that's, that's such a tough way. You're, you're, you're going to struggle if, if that's what you want to use for any sort of strength of schedule or power rating ma- metrics. So much changes, and yeah, you do need to you do need to either read something like you wrote or or do a shitload of research yourself because there's so much changes from year to year. 
Of course. And I'm like, look at last year. The AFC South, strictly because of injuries last year, was terrible. No Deshaun Watson, no Andrew Luck. Now that division is significantly better. Are you saying now that anyone who played the Texans and Colts and baked that into the strength of schedule, is that going to be weighted the same as playing the Colts and Texans this year? It's just not – it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And the same goes for a team like the Packers. They're – 7-9 7-9 and nine record last year without Rodgers now gets baked into strength of schedule for teams this year. It's just, you can't look at it that way. So, it's, you know, you know when you go and see Fast and Furious and, and it, there's like eight of them now and you forget what happened in the last one, so you really need a good uh, need a good preview in the beginning of the movie again? This is kind of like that and just trying to put it on steroids for the whole season. <laughs> <laughs> I liked uh, some of your tips and strategies. Uh, my favorite was probably only bet drunk if you're okay with not profiting long term. <laughs> uh, that has a little personal resonance. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, you know, I really like that list of just you threw together kind of all basically your wisdom that you've gleaned from the years and trying to pass on some tips that it's a lot easier to than learning it the hard way. Absolutely. Really, you know, think, the hard way is expensive. Yeah, it's tough. It's just, you know, everyone's been there when, you know, in your younger years, your early years of betting, you, you could get a little reckless and kind of learn by fire. So this is just all that in a, in a real way type of giving advice. I love it. Well, uh, in a lot of ways, you're similar to us and, how you incorporate situational handicapping. Um, and you put together a hell of a list here. I'm looking at 17 uh, very useful angles that are important to keep in mind as we go through the season. Um, do you think you have like one or two that are especially interesting that uh, no one else really talks about that you are like, you can't wait for a couple spots during the season because you're so hot on these? I think... I think teams that go from underdogs to favorites aren't talked about enough as being a tough handicap. Obviously, everyone talks, or at least someone who's relatively sharp, talks about sandwich games and letdown games, look-ahead games, back-to-back roads. When a team wins in an underdog spot or they just go from being, you know, plus six, plus nine one week, and they're feeling disrespected, and then the next week they're, you know, a two-point favorite to a team that they should be, I think people overlook how different that is from going from the disrespect to now we're expected to win. You don't have as much of a chip on your shoulder. So that's a few angles you could factor in and, and circle a couple of trap games. Trap games. It's so funny because, you know, in a lot, yeah, in a lot of ways, right. In a lot of ways. Yeah. In a lot of ways, a uh, trap game is like kind of like this mythical thing that Vegas is trying to trap you know, trap you into betting the wrong side. But in reality, it's more just like just the the kind of the motivational, uh, you know, inside the locker room mindset changes just a little bit. And it's all you need to, you know, kind of catch the team in, it, in a little bit of a lull. Um, that's well, good stuff, is, man. Yeah. I love it. Um, well, the uh, the maybe the most uh, kind of interesting jumping off point here uh, for um, just kind of looking at sort of season long betting markets uh you're looking for a packer super bowl win uh how did you get to that how did you get to to that uh place is this a value play or is it uh basically you know you think that the number right now is going to get significantly um it's going to get bet into once people see how good uh, the packers look with aaron Rodgers back 
Well, I think the Packers have a chance to start out strong. Obviously, with Rodgers healthy, they're a completely different team, but they get Mo Wilkerson on the defensive side of the ball. They upgraded a defensive coordinator with Mike Pettin, and they, they they have their right tackle, left tackle healthy now. They didn't two years ago when they were struggling bad. I just think Rodgers is is on a, is going to be on another level of motivation off the bat because he he spent the whole offseason in patient rehab. Two years ago, they started out four and six. He doesn't want that to happen again. And you look at their schedule. They start out home Sunday night football versus the Bears. Week two versus the Vikings in a revenge game when the Vikings are beat up on the offensive line. Then they play the Bills after that. I just think they could start off quickly, and you could have, you could see a four and zero Packers start. The Vikings with their injuries could struggle a little bit. I don't think the price will get any better than it is right now, and I think the Packers go in the AFC North. Excuse me, the NFC North. Interesting, Andy. How does that make you feel? It hurts my heart, but you gotta you gotta separate fandom and betting, and it it is it is silly how people forget. Like, just the Packers didn't have a great year; they should be a favorite in the NFC. They their number. I did, I didn't understand the Packers and the Saints numbers when they came out. When you have franchise quarterbacks with good offense around you, and like like he alluded to with the the line, if the line stays healthy that was one of the biggest problems outside of the defensive secondary, which I think they got a couple of pretty good draft picks, like maybe even steals. If those guys turn out like uh, they should have, they should have probably both been drafted a touch higher. Green Bay might've had like the saints 2017 draft. If things turn out the way things are looking. So, it, I mean, if you can address the, the three biggest problems were the defensive, the defensive backs, the line and the fact that you didn't have one of the world's best quarterbacks last year, all three of those end up getting fixed. It's a 12, 13 win team. Possibly it's going to put you in a driver's seat. You get some home games at Lambeau in like January. That's going to be a problem for breeze. It's going to be a problem for, uh, you know, the Falcons Mm -hmm. dome teams come up North. I mean, who else you got possibly in the mix. Uh, maybe the Eagles don't struggle as much being a little more of a cold weather, but either way, it's a tough place to play. If, if green Bay can end up with a really a solid record, they'll be the betting favorite going into the playoffs. So it's and, a big the thing, Andy, and, and they're playing out of conference. They play the AFC East. So they have three cupcakes versus the Jets, Dolphins and Bills. Whereas the Saints and the Falcons, they're playing the AFC North. You got to deal with the Ravens, Steelers, Bengals. I think the Packers have an easier path than those teams to that 12 or 13 win road. And, and yeah, they, they should have a pretty favorable setup in the playoffs. If, if that goes according to plan. They got, they got a gift from the schedule gods here. I got to say okay. uh, at the beginning of the season, four of six at home to start out your two road games are at Washington and at Detroit. Neither one is, you know, you're probably going to be a, a small road favorite in both of those. Uh, you could be looking at six and zero at the bye. It's entirely possible. Um, really, that week two game against Minnesota is going to mean a whole hell of a lot because uh, you could say something similar about the way that Minnesota's schedule starts out other than week four and five at Rams at Philly. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, I could see five and one, six and oh, Green Bay heading into their bye. Um, but then things get real weird with uh, four of five on the road, uh, including against you know some pretty tough you know some pretty tough travel like there's gonna they're gonna put some miles flying from green bay to la 
Green Bay to New England, home from Miami, then back to Seattle, back to Minnesota. So, you know, there's there's going to be a middle part of their season where you could see a dip in performance a little bit. Um, and so I guess, you know, I, I was thinking at least I'd kind of lined up after week 12, after they played Minnesota the second time uh, on the road. Uh, maybe grabbing a little Green Bay money at that point, um, but I like you. I like where you're thinking because uh, I could definitely see uh, the narrative kind of being shaped around uh, Rodgers is back. The, oh, you, the, the, yeah, yeah, right, right. If he's healthy, that's a that's a great weapon there. Uh, let me ask you one more question while we got you. Uh, not worried at all about Aaron Rodgers cashing this big paycheck. Uh, and that affecting kind of how he's uh, approaching the season? <laughs> not, not that guy. He is a psychotic competitor. Exactly. No, I'm, wor- I'm half worried about uh, OBJ pulling one of those, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that'll rest on that contract and just coast now. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, any particular matchup in the AFC that you are fearing? If you are holding a fourteen to one Packers ticket in the Super Bowl, for any AFC team, yeah, I mean they'd probably be. Let's say, let's let me let me let me lay this out a little bit more detail. Packers finish twelve and four. They get the bye. They work their way through the NFC. They're in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. They're probably favorites to every team. Is that a fair assumption? It's, I, 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 would it's, say so. I, I would say so right now. It, Arguably, New England could be favored over them. That's fair. Um, I would still give a slight edge if Aaron Rodgers makes it to the Super Bowl with recency bias that, they, that you could give the not to Green Bay. Ooh, would that be a 96 Super Bowl rematch? When was that? 96, 97? Yeah, it was. It was. Brett Favre versus <laughs> Drew Bledsoe. That was the Desmond Howard game where uh, he flipped field and scored. So he's, he was, he was unbelievable on special teams. And uh, uh, that, that was the last, that was, yeah. that was a good game. Dude, that, actually, that's and that, one of the matchups that's getting bet right now. Packers, basically Packers, uh, Pats. Uh, <laughs> everybody is getting bet as far as matchups right now. Mm. I love this, man. Rogers versus Brady does feel like it needs to happen once before Brady's too old. I would love to oh, this is, see it. it. What an unbelievable Super Bowl that would be. Yeah, the okay. Green Bay front office has really let that guy down over the years. Like, oh, as much seriously. As I, I'm from Minnesota. As much as I hate his fucking face, and I hope he, you know, falls into a giant hole somewhere and is never found again. Like, it, I respect the guy as a player. I, it would be a very cool matchup. It would be awesome. Good stuff, man. Okay. Well, you're officially on, uh, on the record as a uh, Packers over the Patriots in Super Bowl 53. Hopefully we catch this 14 and one taken now. I love it, man. I love it. Well, uh, check out uh, where can they find you on the old uh, twitter.com? On Twitter, you can find me at Spread Investor and on my website, spreadinvestor.com. Right on. So give this guy uh, a look. Um, he's been uh, in a, in a, in a uh, month of August, uh, you've been maybe one of a handful of people who has just been consistently cranking out like regular season tips and information and, and angles. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that's in here, you know, you kind of found a lot of, uh, a lot of good trends that, uh, aren't necessarily like trends, like meaningless trends, but actually kind of speak more to kind of underlying angles that are worth knowing about for handicapping. Uh, so I really appreciate this, uh, the work you put into this and it was great read. 
Uh, so check out Spread Investor and check out his betting guide for the 2018 season. All right, that was excellent. And we're back. Uh, and we're back. Uh, I, that was that was great. We're back from talking. A re- yeah, I really, really like, really like Spread Investor. I've been talking to him a lot behind the scenes recently. He's a super nice guy. Uh, we're absolutely going to get him back on for one of our Wednesday deep dives as we get into the regular season here. Um, but let's talk about real quickly some of the futures positions we've taken. Uh, kind of get them on the record since we were kind of vague or at least I was in a lot of positions that I took preseason. Um, and let's just kind of talk about philosophy for a second. Um, I guess if, if you off the top of your head, Andy, how, how much of your betting on NFL is going to be in the futures and prop market now versus what you do week in, week out during the season? Is it like a 90, not 95, not like five season win total. So a lot, yeah, a lot of it. Um, I usually pick out some win totals. I like, I have some stupid low parlays I've thrown together. Um, but yeah, I'll, I think I have six win totals. I'm on, I'm going to look at some alts here this week as we're still kind of going through that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let me, let me kind of make a pitch. I just then. have one Super Bowl ticket. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it is just done now, but I think, Anything I add during the season is going to be futures as far as Super Bowl conference division to make the playoffs. Like those are the things I'm going to add during the season. And I'd say it's still like 70% before the season, but I will add stuff going into the playoff run. I love it. Okay. So we're on the same page. I, I mean, talking about win totals, talking about placing futures now, that drives content. That, that is it. Uh, I am not a proponent of locking up lots of bankroll in August when you can use that same bankroll to bet week in, week out. Uh, it, you know, it kind of all of this kind of plays into what kind of you know volume you stake and stuff like that. But you know, for me, I'm a little higher volume. I want that bankroll there so that my unit size uh, in any given week is you know can I can put more put more of it to work. Um, so it's basically an opportunity cost thing. And so I don't place. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple ways to look at that. Like if you, if you see, I think there's that, but it's, again, it's not a black or white. You need to, if you see value, you got to grab it. Like I just, there's wind totals that I think are wrong. I, I don't think they're set right. I think there's two, they're two to three games off possibly. And I, you know, a lot of them, it's like, this is a push at work first. If it's a flat number, like I'm always going to find five or six win totals that I like. I'm always going to find some bigger numbers that I think are going to get smaller during the year for Super Bowl, And there's always going to be some division win totals that uh, I think are maybe a little too big or division, division win uh, prices that I think are a little too big. And I'm going to grab them. Like, I'll, I'll tie a bankroll if I think there's value. Again, it, it sucks to tie it up for five, six months. But How about something I, like Patriots I, to I win the East? I can't turn it down. Well, I, I don't love uh, something like that with a huge, Such a big number, huge right? minus number where it's almost a foregone conclusion, but man, an injury or two. Yeah, right. Okay. So I, you know, I, I, I go light. I want to, you know, minus 110. 
Yeah, I go relatively light preseason personally. Um, when I do bet win totals, I'm almost always taking an alternate uh, where I get a better price. Um, we talked about this a number of times. We have some content that should come up before the season starts. Uh, it The books don't know very well uh, how to line these win markets over the all 32 teams. Uh, and so some of these teams are going to be right on the number, but a lot of them are going to be off by four, five, six wins. And so if you think you have an edge, if you if it's an edge, enough of an edge to bet it, then you might as well get a better price and give up half or a full win even uh, and uh, lock in some a little bit extra value uh, if it's going to be sitting there for four months. Um, so that's kind of my, my underlying philosophy, but, uh, you brought up a couple of points that were pretty good. Um, when you invest in the futures market matters almost as more than who you pick. Would you say that's fair? Yeah. And we, we've talked about that and we did, I think we touched lightly on this during the scheduling, the, the situational spots. Like we, we would say that during breaking down a few of these schedules would say, here's a really rough patch for a very good team. Like if you want to maybe grab something mid season, wait till this team gets through this super hard part of their schedule. They might go two and two and people might be a little down on them and at no fault of their own. It was a tough part of the schedule. Like that's a great time. Those are the things we're going to bring up week to week as far as looking ahead to those saying now is the time where I would be any, any, you know, we're not selling picks. Anytime I bet something like that, I'm going to bring it up and say, you know, this is this is a good time to grab the Packers. I think, like, here's a here's what I'm doing with it right now because it's a bigger number, and I think in three weeks it's going to be a third of that. So, right, and a that, couple of great examples throughout the season. You'll see yeah. some spots. Yeah, and I mean, this is kind of these are my take two takes on each conference, and I, I kind of for whatever reason I end up swinging more on the conference side of things than on the Super Bowl side of things, because the Super Bowl can be you know a little bit wackier just in terms of who the opponent is and how they match up. Um, but uh, but when I'm betting into the NFC conference market, for instance, this year my approach going into this is I don't have a I, I like the Vikings. I've said a couple of times on different media uh, opportunities that I think the Vikings will win the NFC. That is a relatively weak position, though. And I think that there are at least six teams that I can count that I think have a bona fide chance to win the NFC. And I would like to try to do my best this season to get the best number on all six of those teams if I can't. Uh, and eh, maybe not all six. Yeah, because you I, did I that last couple, year, and you had, had a like, couple. You had a handful, but you didn't have the Eagles. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, boy, did I put myself in a disadvantaged spot on that one. Uh, but yeah, I had like I basically had four different tickets at the end of the season, and the Eagles was the my only liability. And I was like, uh, well, thank God they have Nick Foles as quarterback, and I don't have to worry about him. Uh, so that worked out great. But um, but yeah, no, I think you know realistically, you're talking about the Eagles. Uh, the Saints and the Falcons, the the Packers and the Vikings, uh, and the winner of the a- NFC West. I'll say that. Um, probably going to be the Rams, could be the 49ers. Uh, and, you know, if you can find the right time to grab a 10 to 1 or better number on about four of those teams, 
then you're going to be in a very solid position come NFC championship game. And if everything works out right, you'll have two, you know, 10 to one or betters uh, and they'll be playing each other. So that'll be fun. Yeah, uh, I think it goes without saying, if you have 10 to ones on everybody in the playoffs, things will work out. So you just, you really just have to do your due diligence and look at, you know, the schedules going forward too. like really have to. And sometimes you just have to make a call. Like this team is going to the playoffs. I believe in them. I did that. I think Adam Chernoff convinced me on the Falcons after a while. And I ended up with a nice fat ticket that I let ride one game too many. It yeah. really, uh, Sarkeesian kind of dicked me on that. But if you can get a big fat number on a team and ride it into the playoffs like that, that's a great feeling. Cause you're, you're in a pretty good position. You know what? We'll go through, and we'll go through this during the season. You know, we're not going to, tell you when to bet these teams because it's hard to tell right now, but there's definitely some spots we're going to find. Like we don't know what the numbers are going to be in week 10. When we get there, we'll look at them and say like, this, this might be a time. If you believe in the saints, you might want to grab them or whatever. Yeah. We'll call, we'll, we will call out our bylaws. There's no doubt. And, and also, and also like, uh, uh, you're making a good point. Uh, the, the, I think that Patriot, the 07 Patriots, and who didn't even end up winning the Super Bowl, that may be the only time I can remember in my life where a team went like wire to wire, right? Like the price never went down. It only went in the direction of more likely to win. Uh, and with that said, like if you like if you like a team in the NFC market right now. If you have your heart set on some team because you are sure that you're something you see about this team that everyone else is not seeing, then look at their schedule, give it some thought, look for a look for a part of their schedule where they're going to lose two or three games in a row and consider, you know, well what could happen then because the chances that somebody is going to sh- run out to a 5 and 0 start and everyone's going to think, "Wow, we didn't see this coming. I guess they're going to win the Super Bowl." The chances of that happening are very good. And no one can really tell you what team that's going to be. Uh, and if you wait until the market tilts in their direction, you can scoop some value. And um, yeah, I mean, the best number on the Eagles you probably ever could have gotten last year was preseason. Sure. But there was a time right before the playoffs where you could have gotten a great number on them. So I think, uh, you know, I think for me, at least the Eagles, again, they have a weird schedule and we don't know what's up with Wentz and company. I'm going to be trying to get involved with them as we wind down the season. Once we kind of know for sure that they've locked up the NFC East um, and, you know, people have kind of written them off because maybe they're looking at a three or a four seat or something like that. Like that seems like a good buy low chance for the Eagles, just the way their schedule works out. Uh, similarly, the Packers, after they have that stretch in the middle that we just talked about with spread investor um, might look to get involved at that point. So just kind of do yourself that favor of uh, just making sure what you want a ticket now versus you can get a better number later uh, and spread some of the risk allocation across a number of teams in the NFC. Those are just my two, my, my two cents on that. Um, I don't think that in the NFC, we're talking about some team with like a 20, 30, 50 to one really is going to come close enough to get a huge payday. Uh, What are your thoughts on the NFC? Yeah, pretty much the same. Like you just, you got to find those spots. I don't have much besides the bears number. I thought was too big. And I have a little on the saints when it was too big. 
Um, I have some Vikings 14 or 15 to one to win the Super Bowl because that was like pre cousins. It hasn't moved as much as I thought it would move down, but uh, yeah, I'm I do like I like adding throughout the season. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to do that. Like, I, just, I have a I little, don't know, like it's so hard to tell right now. I don't know when I'm going to do it because it's it's August 30th and like it, it comes, you'll you'll know when you find those spots. Like I've had that in baseball, there's spots to buy low on baseball teams that I have a bunch of Super Bowl or Super Bowl World Series tickets that are much bigger numbers than what the teams are now. And you'll know it's just we, you know, we can't uh, we can't pick them out right now. Okay, I have a little different feel on the AFC. I think the um. I think the AFC is where you want to swing for the fences a little bit. I think teams like the Bengals and the Broncos potentially uh, could be a lot better than people think. Uh, and you might get a huge price that you can hedge down the road. Um, and, uh, but again, you know, if you like the Jags, if you like the Steelers, if you like the, the Patriots, you're going to be able to find opportunities to get involved uh, in season. Patriots, great example. We're, I'm looking at them right now as a team that's going to start slow. Uh, give them a thought after like, you know, week four or something. Um, okay. Real quick, run down what you got. My biggest position because I bet it. And then I bet it again when I did that football conference is Panthers under, <laughs> I am under eight and a half wins on that team, uh, at about plus 100. Uh, and, um, yeah, Norv Turner, if he could, uh, I feel sad for Cam Newton and Luke Keekley and company. These guys are good guys. I don't want to see them get hurt, but if they could just, you know, like wait until 2019 to to give it a solid effort that would be fine by me um and uh i hope the schedule caps up catches up to them and they uh absolutely struggle find themselves in the bottom of the uh uh bottom of the nfc pile maybe even fire ron rivera first and catch that uh, proper palooza ticket for me would be pretty sweet um i'm on bills under i'm on the broncos over i'm on the Bengals over and um I have futures positions on the Broncos and the Bengals and uh, AFC West for the bank for the uh, Broncos. Um, that's it, man. What do you got, Andy? You know, I, like we talked about some of the parlors I threw together, just goofing around. We don't have time for every one of those, but I did take a nice position on the Ravens to win the AFC West, AFC North at plus four fifty. I, like I said, I have the Vikings to win it all. The, some saints and bears to win the, uh, Win the conference. I have Bills under five and a half, Panthers under eight and a half, like you, plus 110. I bet online. Seahawks under seven and a half, um, Rams under 10, Miami under six and a half, and then the Bears over seven. And I did, I did have an, I put an article up on deepdivemedia.co with all those and kind of some short explanations. I'm going to have something else. I'm actually going to kind of put the rest of them on paper and release that probably this weekend or early next week with the rest of my future bets outside of like proper Palooza stuff too. Cause I do have some that I've taken that I feel halfway strong about. So cool. look for that next week. I'll have an article. Up. Cool. 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 All right, man. Let's uh, let's wrap this great job. Preseason was super fun. Uh, I think we did a really solid, uh, solid effort for all the listeners. And uh, again, if you want us to talk about specific issues, angles, items, reach out to us on Twitter or by email. And uh, we will get to work. You ready for the season start? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the best Shoot. way to leave any sort of like, if you want to hear something, the fastest way to get to my phone is a five-star rating on iTunes. That goes right to my, like, that that's a good point. Right 
That's a good point. I have notifications. I have notifications on iTunes. Do you? Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, no, but it, yeah. Also, yeah. If you if you like this, no, but yeah. In seriousness, it. yeah. In seriousness, like like we don't have an end game here where we're gonna all of a sudden halfway through the season be like, I hope you liked all that content. Now pay us this much for it. Like that's not how this works. Like we like talking to each other. We like talking about this stuff. We will continue to do this well. uh, for free all season. So um, get uh, yeah. Tell, tell anyone, you know, that unless, you know, unless, you know, a bookie, in which case you, you don't tell your bookie, uh, because then you'll be, uh, move the lion's base on our back. Whoa. <laughs> you say that, man, you say that Ooh, I said, I saw a couple of moves that were a little suspicious after I said some stuff recently. Um, but, uh, I'm kind of kidding okay. the, um, but no, it, I'm super excited. Should we give away the surprise for uh, week one? Or do you think we should just keep, right. keep us, keep the surprise? Secret, secret time. Secret, okay, secret time. We have a special guest with, for you uh, next week to handicap every week one game side in total. You will absolutely love it, and uh, we'll leave it at that. I hope you guys enjoy the regular season. I hope you've enjoyed the preseason deep dive, and um, as always, best of luck. <laughs> <laughs>